Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Employees will have €4 Euro paid into their pension for every €3 Euro they contribute under the new auto-enrolment scheme going to Cabinet this morning. And the move from Minister Heather Humphreys will mean 750,000 people without any pension will automatically be signed up for one by 2024. Auto-enrolment will see the all workers earning over 20000 a year automatically signed up for a pension. And the worker will have uh, to pay into it with contributions matched by their employer and a contribution from the state. A small contribution, it seems, from the state. And the scheme will be rolled out from early 2024 and phased in over a 10-year at a cost of €2.8 million Euro to the state out, of, uh, out to 2034. It's being phased to allow businesses time to prepare for the extra cost and employees will be able to opt out of the scheme, but employers can't. They have no choice. So, in other words, if I decide tomorrow that I want a pension and I put in, I don't know what the cap is going to be. I'm assuming there'll be a cap on it. I'm going to put, say... 50 quid a month into my pension, my employer will have to pay 50 euro a month. They'll have to match it and they'll have no choice. So employers are saying, hold on a second, this is exactly the same as increasing wages. You know, we can't afford to do this. Something's going to have to suffer and I don't know whether it's a good idea or not. To join me or to give me a bit more information about this, Carl Dieter, who's a financial analyst. Good afternoon to you, Carl. Hey, Niall, you well? Carl, I mean, okay, look, it's fair to say that where Ireland ranks when it comes to pensions is pretty low, particularly in the private sector. Uh, the public sector obviously automatically have a pension, but the private sector is a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, so we have this kind of weird apartheid system where on one hand you've got these gold-plated pensions that effectively money couldn't buy. People in the public sector say they pay for their pensions. They don't actually pay for it in the sense of just how good they are versus the cost of them to them. And then you go into the private sector and suddenly... You, you've only you've got like the vast majority, 65% of people have no provision and the remaining 35 have somewhere between great and crap. Yeah. So uh, we, we, there, is, there is an issue there and it's been known for a while. Now what we do have is we have a state pension which covers off all of those private sector workers. Uh, and if you haven't been working, then obviously there's... there's you get to do 20, you get to do 20 a week, yeah. Yeah, so we do actually have a pension, but, but the, the issue is as follows. Our pension system is so badly organized, so underfunded, and people are living so long that really we need to do one or two, well, a couple of things. People need to work for more years, okay, so they've done that. They've increased the pension age. They need to die younger, which you can't easily organize, and it's also not considered a good social outcome. I think the word so, is genocide you're looking for there. You know, no, yeah. no, no, I'm not saying it's genocide. No, no, I'm just saying in general, people are living I longer. Know, I'm sorry, they, I was making like, light. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so when facing into those things, you say to yourself, well, we should, we're going to have this big gap where we will have too many retirees and not enough workers. Mm-hmm. So you either bring in loads and loads of young people, which isn't easily done, and people aren't having kids as, as much as they used to. Uh, you could also have big immigration, but also help with that. Or you start to make people fund in order to afford retirement. And this all ties in as well with the housing crisis, strangely enough, because the, the old age retirement, the, the, the pension used to be that you owned your house, you owned it outright, so you didn't have any housing costs, and so you just needed enough to basically put food on the table. But now you're going to have a generation who will go into retirement still renting or potentially paying off mortgages, and so they're not going to be okay with that small stipend they actually need to have an income in order to afford the regular things of life. We're we're also getting to a point where retirees... Uh, their lifestyles will radically change because we have so many bills nowadays in comparison to, say, the 1970s and 80s. You know, we've got, our, you know, our bins have to be paid for, our Netflix has to be paid for, our 
you know, a holiday, the extra car in the garden, all those kind of things that we have extra now that we didn't have back in the yeah. 1970s and 80s. So in other words, when I re- if I retired and I have no pension and I'm on 220 a week, I then can't afford all that sort of stuff. So my lifestyle is going to radically change as a pensioner, whereas it wouldn't have 30 years ago. Yeah, well, there's massive increases in living standards. There's massive increases in expectations. There's big increases in longevity. So everything in the world is getting better. It's a message that's sometimes lost, just how great the world is, what great condition it's in, and how wonderful things are. We seem to prone to forget that, just focus on the misery. There's all these wonderful things happening. And, and yes, a lot of those things come at a cost. Uh, so funding that needs to be a priority. The question is, should it be a priority that is placed on the shoulder of employers. Uh, you know, the government is the biggest taker of everything in taxation. They take loads. And if they're so confident that, that, you know, they need to take from someone, why don't they take from themselves? I don't understand why they're putting in one euro and an employer puts in three. You know, that's that's something that, that I haven't really worked through in my head. I mean, this why. is not going to wash well, with it, well, particularly with small businesses. You know, the bigger companies can absorb this, of course, you know, the big multinationals, et cetera, et cetera. But with the smaller companies, you know, that might only employ 10 or 20 people, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, those people might have, you know, I don't know, 50 euro a month. I don't know what that's going to be capped at, but 50 euro a month pensions. That means yeah, that the employer has to pay 50 euro for every, every member of staff. That's a staff member less maybe a month. So it's going to create unemployment possibly. Yeah, so it's, it's the same issue as when you, you raise the minimum wage. There's a certain amount of people fall out of employment and a certain amount of jobs that no longer get created because you, you've, you've set this bar where people with low skills can't really get into it. Now, the, the big companies aren't going to be so much affected because they already come with good pensions and the profit margins on a lot of the, the internationally traded goods and services are so large that they can afford this, and that's why they pay great wages and they have all these advantages. Look, that's well established. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that. But the vast majority of, of employment in this country is actually uh, small-medium enterprise, and they're the ones that are going to feel it a lot differently because if you've got 65% of people w- where there's not coverage and then the vast group, you know, most of them suddenly start to get coverage, which comes at a cost not only to them, but also to the employer, they're going to start to say, like, well, how do we do that? You know, yeah. someone might be saying, look, I need a raise. And if you say, look, you're not getting a raise because we have to contribute to this Your pension attention. now. So in effect, We've you got we, a raise. Well, yeah, we're essentially giving you a raise, yeah. Yeah, but, you're, you're, you know, the employer will be saying, look, we're, we're giving you a raise in terms of your future life. But people are saying, no, I need a raise in the here and now to afford the yeah. price of things that is going up, you know, yeah. stubbornly, no matter what I do. So it just creates, you know, a lot of... Uh, it, it creates a lot of problems. Okay. In, in relation to pensions, I, I don't think this plan is the plan that's going to work. I, I really don't believe the government have thought this one well out. But in relation to pensions, we were talking about this morning in the office. Now, Ashling is in her early 30s and doesn't have a pension. Private sector doesn't have a pension. How much, I mean, should she be putting into a pension now? How much do you think she should be putting into a pension to guarantee her a reasonable amount of money per week, you know, when she retires at 67? Yeah. So look, if... if, if assuming that she qualifies for state pension, that has a thing called a capitalized value, all right? In other words, if you were to buy a pension that would pay you, say, 12 grand a year, to go out and buy that in the market would cost you about 300,000 euro. So the state pension is actually is, is pretty decent. What you'd have to say in, in Ashley's case is, like, what are you planning to do with your life? Because if you're not going to buy a house, you're going to have to make sure you Don't have Don't think she knows the answer to that question. She's just smiled. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, she's taking it, it as it comes, you know what I mean? Is she, is she married? Is she going to have kids? Like, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. 
But mm. once you come up with whatever your your magic number is, and you can kind of work through that after a couple of minutes, I, I, I won't keep going down Ashley's path in case I'm like triggering someone somewhere else about <laughs> having right. kids or anything like this. But the, but the, but the, the, the thing is this. Once you come up with your number, there is a, an annuity calculation, which is a simple financial calculation that will show what you require. And it, it gives you a good idea. What usually catches most people by surprise is how big that number is, is that if you want to have what you might consider a fairly moderate retirement, it could cost you, you know, 750,000 euro to do that. And people just aren't prepared for the sheer gravity of the size of that number. Right. So, so uh, if she was paying... Obviously, you can increase your pension as you go along or depending on your career and your job and how much money you earn, you can increase it or decrease it, I suppose, as times goes on, depending on, you know, if times hit it, you know, if you hit the wall every now and again uh, during your career. But in saying that, her pension, should she be paying 50 quid into it a month, 100 quid a month? I mean, what what, what would you recommend at this stage? What what are most people paying? If I had to just pick some number to say off the top of my head, this is what you should do. I'd probably say around 15% of your income if, if you just needed to have some kind of rule of thumb in order to try and comprehend the that's world. That's our drinking money for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some impressive drinking. If you, so, yeah. you haven't seen Ashling on the when she gets going. So 15%. Yeah. So 15%. Oh, is Ashling the, today. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I don't know how she sticks with you. <laughs> working on that. So 15% of a person's income would be about right. Is that is that what you well, would consider? It, it, assume, assuming that you start at a reasonable age. You see, the whole thing is quite often people don't start or they have all these different staggered start times. Some people start when they're 20 or they go into like a a group pension when they're 24 or something. And then there's other people who might be 45 and they've never really done anything. And then there's another group of people who might have a, a kind of a pension <clears throat> pension equivalent where they might have inherited a house and they get some rent and that's going to kind of be like a pension, but that's not, yeah. that's not spoken about in the pension statistics or, or, or they might own some asset that they can sell. So it, it's, a, it's a real messy thing. But if you yeah. had to say, take some rule of thumb that is based on no scientific anything, just simply a rule of thumb that you can get your head around. If you were able to afford up to 15% of your, your income from a young enough age, you should be okay in retirement. And, okay. uh, you know, assuming that you don't have... Yeah, and, and, and just finally, before you go, Carl, so this new plan by the government and Heather Humphreys, which went through the cabinet this morning, you think it's a waste of space? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a waste of space. We're in a situation where we have to do something. The, the, the pension planning that we had so far isn't sufficient. So basically what they're doing is they're shafting the young generation again, making them pay way more for, for, for the, the, the total lack of adequate planning. But given that we do have to do something, this is as good a shot as anything else. And I'd rather see, in this instance, some action rather than, you know, just... You know, but, but, but maybe like, maybe your, your suggestion would be maybe that the government would pay two euro <laughs> and the employer pay two. In other words, to divide that extra cost or that extra half between the government and the employer. Uh, yeah, and, okay. and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, the big beneficiaries of this, obviously, people will be beneficiaries. The, the state is the big beneficiary. will manage this are obviously, yeah. you know, jumping up and down, hands in the air with joy. So, you know, there's obviously the various lobbyists that always chip into everything. What I would be saying, and it's just on behalf of like regular businesses, regular people, I think that you know the employer, the employee gets the main benefit, so they should definitely have to pay. The employer already pays, you know, PRSI already pays certain taxes, and so I think if the state want to foist something onto them, they should meet them halfway and say we each do half rather than three to one. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. And, and the state, by the way, is the one that would benefit long term as well because it's less money they'll have to pay out. Uh, but look, thank you very much indeed. Appreciate you coming on the air. Thank you very much indeed. Carl Dieter, financial analyst. There you go. Carl said that, you know, if you're of Ashling's age group, which is kind of in their early 30s, 
uh, 15% of your wage, roughly, if you can afford it, uh, should be put into a pension to guarantee you, you know, something decent when you retire at 67. Um, did you work that out, Ashling? 15%? Could you afford it? <laughs> She's, uh, let's, just be, let's just be clear here. I don't think Ashling's going to be getting a pension anytime soon. <laughs> All right, loads of text, by the way, coming in. Uh, the number's 87 8 That's 87 Oh, gosh. Sorry, Niall. You were just on there not too long ago about crashes and the price of crashes and people having to work, and now we're on to pensions where people can't afford. Everything's going up in Ireland except the wages. The cost of living has gone through the roof. That's why mums and dads have to work and put the children into crashes, even if it is to earn an extra 200 quid a month. And just to get by, to get that few extra quid in the house. And then you have the guys like this that are saying, we're going to have to match your pension. So, you you know, it, Ireland is in a mess. And the boys in there do, doing all the fancy organising of everyone else's life are on these super golden pensions with their four, every four years, I'm not sure if they get a pension or not, and they're able to draw down at 50 years of age, 55 years of age, while the rest of us won't get a shilling till we're 70. We need to start at the bottom of the apple tree in Dal Aaron and start nipping a few old branches there and then it might just turn around to help the people of the country because we can't continue like this. It's the working man is a sucker. A working man is a sucker. There you go. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hit.